0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello
1: and greetings, everyone. This is the Psychic Inside Show. I am your host, Joelle, the Vibrarian, and I am here to elevate, enlighten, and empower you with information that I trust you will find helpful and very positive. We are here every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Vibrary Radio Network, which is part of the Blog Talk Radio family. You can stream our episodes live and listen in through onliner on your computer or your phone, or you can call in to our show line, which is 646-668-8988. If you're listening on the line, if you have any questions at all for the guests of the evening, or for myself, just press the one key to let me know you wish to come on the air, and I will definitely bring you on. Um, As you know, sometimes we do offer psychic readings on the show from the guests that participate. However, this does not occur until the last segment of the show, so please wait until then to let me know you wish to come on, um, because sometimes it gets a little confusing as to what your question is about. We do have a Facebook community. I would love for you to join the Good Vibe Tribe, as I like to call them, on my Facebook page, which is The Vibrarian. That's V as in vibration, I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. You can find us on Facebook. I'm always posting information that I find, links to articles and factoids and tips as well as pictures, um, community announcements from around Facebook as well as locally. Of course, we've got all of our show broadcast schedules up on the on the Facebook page as well I'm also on Instagram and Twitter you can follow me on all of the social channels on Instagram of course we're sharing those moments out in the wild that are uplifting it could be a beautiful flower one day or a rainbow the next you just never know and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the vibrarian as well now, each week, our show on Tuesday is an interview-style show where I have different guests on each week who are all real-life psychics. And the purpose of this show is to share their stories because most of us are psychic. We just don't recognize it. And so by hearing about the journeys that the guests who have been on the show had, hopefully it resonates with you, and you'll find a moment of resonance that makes you say, hmm, you know, I always X, Y, Z, but I never thought of it as being psychic. But maybe I am. So that's the whole purpose of this journey on our Tuesday show is to share these stories with the purpose of uplifting you. Now on Thursday evening is the Vibrarian show. It's on the same blog talk radio channel, same time, same phone number. This show is about subjects. I kind of think of it as a cross between the X-Files and Indiana Jones. I'm on a quest to unravel the mysteries of the world around us, and I have panels of guests who join me who find this stuff just as interesting as I do. So we've been talking about astral projection, dream symbols and interpretation, We're going to be talking about past lives, Akashic Records, and just in general, we keep up to date on all the things that are happening in the 3D world as well as the 5D. Uh, We talk about it from week to week, so I would definitely invite you to come back and join us on Thursday evenings as well. All of our episodes from the radio shows are available on iTunes. You can subscribe, and you can also head to the Vibrary YouTube channel to catch a rebroadcast um, that you can stream offline after the episode goes over. Usually it's about a week or so after the show airs on Blog Talk Radio that I get it over to YouTube. You do have to search for the Vibrary YouTube channel because I don't have a custom URL yet. YouTube hasn't decided that I'm popular enough to give me rights to my little space of the virtual world over there. So if you would like, comment, and subscribe, it will help me get to that magic number where they allow me to do that. In the meantime, you can search for the Vibrary, V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. I think that is most of the housekeeping this evening. Tonight, I am very excited. Some of you may know that I was a librarian in my previous life. I didn't work in the public library. I did work in in corporate and law library environments, but I've been a lifelong reader, and I love, uh, from the as early as I could remember, bringing home a wagon full of books every day that I could and waiting for the bookmobile to come to my tiny little town to deliver information. So I merged myself into the librarian, and I've started this talk show, ho- show format, but I very much still love books. So when I get to interview an author who's written something, I'm just super excited because that means I have to read a book and that's the best kind of homework that I could possibly imagine. So my guest this evening reached out several months ago, and it took some coordinating to be able to get on her very busy schedule, as she is making a whirlwind promotional tour right now from one coast to the other. And so I'm very excited to be able to have with me tonight Nancy Byrne. Nancy is an author and spiritual reader, who her resume is quite lengthy and very impressive, but more importantly, her book, Choices, which you can find on Amazon, is very, very good, and I would like to recommend it to everybody. But for now, let me – we'll get into your book a little bit later, but for now, let me say, welcome, Nancy, to the Psychic Inside show.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I am very excited to be on your show tonight. I have been looking forward to it for quite a while.
1: <laughs> well, I will say that in when I read your book it was probably over a month ago as I was heading out on uh before a family vacation. It wasn't my airplane book but it was definitely in some downtime that I had before that and I just knew that when we got a chance to talk in in over the air or as I would say in person that I was really going to enjoy speaking with you because your book was so it, it was light and direct I was able to connect with the message that you were giving and you had a great sense of humor I found myself chuckling from time to time as I was reading it and very much relating to the concepts that you were putting into Word format. And so you really did a great job of encapsulating, I think, what is probably your signature style and what everyone knows about you in that writing. Uh, did you enjoy bringing that book forward?
2: Um, actually, I didn't want to write the book. <laughs> <laughs> I And I and I really didn't. I, it was done through automatic writing, and um, so Spirit has a great sense of humor. I didn't think, when Spirit told me to write the book, I didn't think anyone would ever want to listen to anything I had to say or I had anything to offer, and Spirit said that uh, my life's experiences would help many. So um, I was always very secretive about my life because um, uh, I – was brought up in a pretty abusive family and i didn't want anyone to know and um but spirit knows all things and um you know after i wrote the book i have to tell you it was the most freeing experience that i think i've ever had um i felt mm-hmm. like i had i had been a fake i wasn't authentic i was always trying to watch what i said so i wouldn't let anybody know about my past my childhood. And uh, it's a lot of work to try to keep a secret. And now
3: Mm -hmm. everybody
2: knows everything about me and uh, I'm just free to be me and I really, I really enjoy it. You know, you just... And Spirit told me that I couldn't be the real me. We all want to be loved for who we are, but if you don't let people know who you really are, how can they love you for who you really are?
3: Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm.
2: this is a great experience for me. And here I thought Spirit was writing it for everybody else, but it ended up being, you know, for me too. Um, and it really is, you know, lighthearted and, and kind of, you know, jovial, and, but it talks about some pretty heavy stuff. But I don't know that I could have really done that on my own.
1: Well, it definitely, as you said, you did um, handle what obviously was a painful, I guess the whole title of the book is Choices, so how you chose to frame at this stage of your life, your early experiences showed, reflected the choices that you made because certainly some of the things that you shared could have been uh, expressed with a completely different energy than what you did in the book. And so I'm sure that, um, I mean, I have a lot of questions, but so when you were young you you touched on stories even as young as like one one and a half years old that were actually quite um, traumatizing, I'm sure, to your feelings of safety and security as a child did Did you have any inkling of your psychic gifts and abilities in your early years as you were undergoing all of this, or did that emerge later?
2: i think it probably wasn't until um well i always had an imagination and i you know as a real little kid i was you know jane of the jungle and annie oakley (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but um when i was around 10 years old i um i had an experience i was just really um you know really more depressed than usual, and um, my dad had gone drinking again. And I snuck out of the house. We lived right across the street from the Catholic church, and I went over to the church and walked in the front door and walked up to the very front pew. And the church was totally dark, and um, except for two penance candles that were lit. And um, I knelt down on the pew, and I just started sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I was just Mm -hmm. begging God to please let me die. And my Mm. rationale was, you know, there are so many people that want to live, and they die. And I want to die, and you're making me live, so why don't you let me die and let somebody that wants to live live? I mean, it made perfect sense to me.
3: (laughs) But Mm -hmm. um,
2: at that point, I felt a hand on my shoulder, and I thought, oh, darn, it's the priest. He's going to take me home. My dad's going to beat me up for sneaking out of the house, you know. And um, I turned around and there was no one there. And I even like looked mm. back behind the, the the pew to make sure no one wasn't, you know, just playing with mm-hmm. me or something. And um, when I looked back at the altar it was all lit up with this most amazing golden light. I can't describe it to you it wasn't white light like people talk about it was this soft golden light and it just it just was so comforting to me and at that moment even as a kid i felt so ashamed that i had been you know the spirit had given me this amazing gift of life and i mm-hmm. wanted to throw it back in his face because it was just too hard and i um mm-hmm. i ran out of the church and went back home and it's not like any miracles happened or my dad didn't change his behavior or nothing really changed, but I just, it was just, I knew that somebody greater than, you know, than my family, that there was somebody that loved me and cared enough about me Mm to, you know, let me feel its presence. And it just kind of, it gave me a feeling that I was, you know, that I was loved and, you know, I wasn't worthless and an ugly duckling and unlovable. It just—it mm-hmm. changed my attitude, which is, you know, the best thing we can possibly change. It's not external circumstances, but when you change your attitude, and then—and um, I think lots of times, you know, when kids, um, for instance, have imaginary friends and stuff, you know, it's their guardian angels or their spirit guides helping them. Mm-hmm navigate through life and i think sometimes um we as parents do a disservice to our kids by telling them that you know they're too old to believe in this or people are going to think they're Mm -hmm. crazy or i think that um you know lots of us adults would do well to you know Mm. to pay more attention to our spirit guides we have oh my gosh if we knew we have a whole entourage of angels and archangels and spirit guides and animal guides out there and they're only purpose, their one and only purpose is to help us navigate through this life and to help us to have Mm -hmm. happy, fulfilled, healthy, prosperous lives. You know, Spirit didn't put us on this earth to make us miserable. We were put mm-hmm. on this amazing mm-hmm. earth, it's a garden of Eden, to enjoy it and be happy, but we let our mind get in the way. We live so much in the past, or we dwell on the hurts, or what's going to happen in the future, you're scared of the future. We never live for now, and we don't realize that this moment is all you really have. And the choices you mm-hmm. make at this moment are the ones that are going to impact the rest of your life. You're creating your future right now.
1: hmm There was a line in your book that you said, we're here to live, to be, you know, that, you know, I've heard the theory of earth school, which very much resonates with me, that we are here to learn lessons of what it is to be human, but you, you also mentioned in your book that the beauty of being human, to have the ability to love and to experience 3D uh, flesh inhabitation, that this is to be more joyous in our learning than what it may typically be for people, which is the struggle, the, oh, my goodness, release me from this uh, obligation of this terrible kind of low-density vibration, And that, you know, all of the spiritual realm is celebrating with us and helping us live this amazing opportunity that we are receiving.
2: That is so true. That is so true. If we would just realize, and you know what? We have all been given such tremendous gifts, and we're all given different gifts, but we, it's like having a GPS inside of us. We have all the answers inside of us. And
3: mm-hmm. that magic
2: pill that we keep reaching out for, that we think is external, it's in us. We have all the answers within us, and we don't even realize it. And we, you know, I, I, I'm beginning to sound like a broken record when I say this, but honestly, I promise you this is true. We can perform miracles. And I know that mm-hmm. for a fact. You know, mm-hmm. you hear about, Somebody's child being stuck under a car, and they not only lift up the car, they lift it up with one hand and move their child out of the way with the other. When you need to, we mm-hmm. are given superhuman strength, and it's just amazing. You know, I—it's uh, funny, but I watched the the movie Wonder Woman, and I thought, you know, yeah. it's really true. I mean, it really—I mean, the movie is really true. <laughs> I mean, we don't—we mm-hmm. we just have no idea what we can do. Um, we, I, I was born and raised in Colorado and um, we lived there were some young kids uh, a young couple that lived behind us and they had two little girls about two and four and in Colorado we used to get really severe storms and, and wind storms and lots mm-hmm. of times we'd get tornadoes and this dad had uh, spent the entire weekend putting up a trampoline for his little girls and he'd put it in cement so it wouldn't blow away and we had this spring storm, and it was lightning and thundering, and it was really a bad storm. And I heard this smash, and I ran down to the basement and out the door and was wondering what had, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, are we getting a tornado Did something crash into the house? And it was a little girl's um, trampoline. It was just smashed against the back of our house. Mm-hmm. And I went back upstairs, and I looked out the kitchen window, and there they are out there picking up these metal poles in a lightning and hailstorm. And they're barefoot. And the little two-year-old is wearing her little underpants. And the little four-year-old is wearing her underpants and a little tank top. No shoes. And they're picking up these big poles. And I called their house to tell their mom. And there was no answer. So I got Mm -hmm. in the car and I drove over there. And I, I said, What are you doing outside in this storm? Get in the house now. And the little girl's like, She's putting her hand on her hip and she's going, Oh, our, our trampoline, my daddy's going to be sad. And she was so, she was going to take care of her trampoline. Oh. And I'm like, Where is your mom? And the older girl said, She's visiting Connie. She'll be back. And I said, I want you to get in the house now. You should not be out in this storm. And they weren't about to budge. So I said, I will pick up the poles. Please go in the house and don't come out again until your mom gets here. So they begrudgingly went in and I picked up really most of the poles, but there were just a few little tiny ones. And I got home, and I was drenched, and it started hailing. I mean, huge hailstones, like the size of a baseball. And within just a matter of seconds, it seemed like, it was just, our deck was covered, you know, with about a foot of, of hailstones. And I looked out, and there are those little girls again, picking up the poles of their trampoline. And I screamed. I didn't, I re- it was just, it was just, It just, you know, I didn't think about it. I screamed at the top of my voice, and I held out my finger, and I said, I command you to stop this storm now, and it stopped. Mm. And I was like, Mm. Do, 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 do. It's, <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's going to start up again
2: right away. And it didn't. And then I'm like, oh my God, who am I to command the hand of God? I'm like, I respectfully thank you for stopping this, this storm. Thank you, you know. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Spirit said, who are you not to command the hand of God, Nancy? Mm-hmm. You are the mm-hmm. hand of God. Mm-hmm. And we all mm-hmm. are. And we, you know, how could, I mean, why would we feel guilty when we help somebody else and think that God is going to punish us because we did something to help somebody? Or we think it's, um, you know, some psychics think that you can help other people or energy healers, but you're not supposed to help yourself. We were given this body as a gift, and it is our obligation to take care of it and to nurture it Mm -hmm. and to cherish it and to value Mm -hmm. it for the amazing, miraculous gift that it is. And the book about choices is also about choosing the one message that I want to get through to people is to learn to love yourself and to Mm -hmm. listen to your own inner guidance and not the mindless chatter of everyone else. You know, we listen to what Mm -hmm. our friends say, to what... You know the government is saying to what you know religion teaches us to dogma, and and we don't listen to Almighty and God, the only one that has mm. all the answers and loves us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And that even happened, you know, with the book I wrote. The book in probably just a few weeks. I Spirit told me to write mm-hmm. it. I went out and sat under my cottonwood tree with my two dogs mm-hmm. and my cats, and I raised bees at the time. And it just it just flowed. It just was like, you know, somebody dictating to me. And I finished the book, and my husband was like, oh, my God, you write so much better than you speak. And I'm like, that's because oh. I didn't write the book. <laughs> and um, so um, I met a girlfriend who was a Ph.D., psychologist, and she um, had written a best-selling book. And we met for um, for drinks, and I was telling her that I'd never written a book before. I didn't know how to publish it. I had no idea. Spirit had told me to write it, so I wrote it, and now I didn't know what to do, and blah, 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 blah. And she said, oh, my God, she said, Nancy, I would never write another book. It is an exercise <laughs> in futility. She said... You have to do all the marketing yourself. It's horrible. And you can't do it all yourself. And she said, plus it costs about $65,000 to publish the book. And I was like, $65,000. Oh, my God, that's a deal breaker. And um, so I put the book on the shelf. And, you know, instead of, Spirit told me to write the book, obviously because I was supposed to write the book. And then I listened Mm -hmm. to another human being that, Mm -hmm doesn't understand that Spirit can do anything. You know, I don't need $65,000. I don't need somebody to, you know, who's going to, you know, take up my cause, because Spirit is. Spirit wants the message Mm -hmm. to get out there. And so finally one morning I woke up and Spirit said, Nancy, if you want me to help you get the book published, you've got to finish writing it. And I had like
3: Mm -hmm.
2: half a chapter, and I went out and finished it, and I found a publisher, and it just worked out.
1: And how long so, ago did you publish the book? Now I, I know that I picked up a copy on Amazon. I think it was 2015 was the date on the copy I got, but I don't know if that was the first publishing.
2: Yes, that was. And um, and and then everything, just I can't tell you. It just I was a featured author at the Louise Hay I Can Do It. Um, mm-hmm. Conference in Colorado, and um, people stood in line for over an hour to get a copy of my book, and they ran out. I felt oh, wow. so bad, and um, it was just um, it was just an amazing experience. But one thing that I learned from that is, you um, know, I was a new author, and I really hadn't written a book before. And you know, anybody, you know, people, lots of people write books. But we're always looking for some guru to worship or to look up to Mm -hmm. instead of spirit. We always want, you know, to think that somebody else has the answers that we can sit at their feet or whatever. And it was really kinda disconcerting that when people came up they wanted to like they're reaching out and trying to touch you, and, oh, my God, I can't, how, you know, I've always wanted to write a book, I just, you know, and how did you do it, and, oh, my gosh, you know, and just, and I tell everybody, if you have, if you have a desire in your heart, that's a desire mm-hmm. the Spirit put in your heart, mm-hmm. and you're also mm-hmm. given every single thing you need to fulfill that desire, So just Mm -hmm. don't doubt. If you really, really want to do something, just do it. Ask spirit to help you. Ask. You know, a spirit told me that lots of times I don't have because I don't ask, you know, and and Mm -hmm. all of my spirit guides and stuff are just walking around bored because I don't contact (laughs) them or, you know, talk to them or make use of the resources that I have. And so spirit kind of showed me this vision one time, and I use it quite a bit, but You know, um, spirit sees the big picture, the whole picture. Spirit knows everything, and we don't. It's Mm -hmm. like we look through, you know, the world through blinders. And um, so say, you know, how, you know, some people, how does somebody wants to find true love and they can't find it and blah, blah, blah. They go to a foreign country and they turn a corner and they bump into somebody that ends up being the love of their life, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. they couldn't orchestrate that if they tried. But Spirit can. And so Spirit showed me that if somebody wanted to be like a, a singer, an opera star or something, they don't really have the money to do it. They don't know anybody, you know, to help promote them. But Spirit, nothing is impossible for spirit. Nothing is too hard. Spirit can do everything, right. and spirit wants to do everything for you. So it's like, you know, spirit is able to get the, the building, the, the best building in the exact, the best location for you, to get somebody to help market you, to get the orchestra, the conductor to get the stage hands, the extras, to get the best costume designers, to get everything in place. The red carpet comes out on that stage so that you can walk out and shine because spirit wants to give you the desires of your heart. It pleases spirit mm-hmm. so much to be able to give you the desires of your heart. And we need to be grateful for everything that we have. You know, it takes just as much energy to focus on negativity than on being positive. And Spirit told me, Nancy, you can't have fear and trust Mm -hmm. at the same time. They don't go together (laughs) enough to choose one. And that's always been, I guess, a huge problem for me. I've been so fear-based my entire life. I'm scared of everything, you know, and that's... um, that's another story in itself of how we moved. We live on Whidbey Island. It is paradise. Mm-hmm. It is the mm-hmm. most beautiful place I have ever seen in my entire life. And we've been to Maui because my grandson lives to Maui, but this is, everybody says it's just a magical place, and everybody wants to come here, but once people are here, no one ever wants to leave. It's just mm-hmm. paradise. And... um when i wrote the book i was seeing a massage therapist and um she said um why don't you and your husband come and and uh visit me i have a vacation home we have a vacation home on Woody island and i will have a book signing for you oh my god the bells went off in my head and i was thinking book signing oh my gosh she's gonna have mm-hmm. a book signing for me people are gonna buy my book and um so I went home and I mentioned it to Phil, and he said, uh, I didn't even, it didn't register island, you know. I guess I was thinking <laughs> we've gone to Maui, but we fly, you know, we're not in the water or anything. And um, so I told Phil, and he said, oh, he's heard it was beautiful. He'd never been here. He's really, really well-traveled, but I'm not. But he said he's been to Seattle, and, you know, he kind of liked it. And uh, But they say that Whidbey Island has some sort of a, a rain shield or something so we don't get all the the cold and we don't get all the Mm -hmm. storms that other places get. So um, he said, you know, we've got the vacation time and we'll just go. So we got tickets three days before we were supposed to come. Mm
3: -hmm. She called
2: and she said, Nancy, I am really sorry. She said that I can't have a book signing for you. She said, uh, Matt is getting transferred. We've got a... um, get our house in Parker ready for sale because we're going to be moving to Whidbey Island permanently. She said, but I just love your energy. I love your energy. She said, we don't have to be there. Just come and get the key, and uh, I'll give you the code, you know, the combination code, and just, you know, just stay there. And I just, oh, I was really bummed, you know. I was just disappointed in spirit. And I told Phil, I said, you know, I just wanted to cancel it. And he said, the tickets are non-refundable, Nancy. (laughs) And <laughs> he said, um, you know, let's just go and just, you know, we've got the time off. Let's just go and enjoy it, you know. And so when we drove to the ferry, I almost had a full-blown panic attack. I don't like to be, I like to stick my toes in water, but I don't want to be on it. I don't want to be over it, and I don't want to be in it. And I was like, no, no, honey, I'm not getting on that boat. No, Phil, no, let's let's drive. And he said, it's an island, Nancy. <laughs> you have to take the boat. And I'm like, I'm not going. And he said, well, he said, we don't have reservations anyplace else. He said, it's tourist season. I don't really know if we can even get a room in Seattle. Or He said, it's a short ferry ride. Please, I know you can do this. So we got on the ferry, and my fingernail marks are still in the poster of that car. <laughs> um and we got here and I just, I ruined the whole vacation for myself because I was being negative. I was upset with spirit. I felt like he let me down. He tricked me. You know, I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to drown on this island. And, you know, I wrote your book and I'm trying to do everything you tell me to do. And, <laughs> you know, and here I am on this island. And I, and I just, I basically spent the whole time at her house just sitting there on the deck mm-hmm. watching the deer. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go anywhere or do anything because I was really upset. <laughs> and so... When we got home, I the first thing I did was I wrote an automatic writing and I said to Spirit and I said, "You're Almighty God. You know everything. Why did you have Michelle invite me to Whidbey Island when you knew she wasn't going to have a book signing for me?" And Spirit wrote back and said, "I had Michelle invite you to the island because you're going to be moving there." Get oh. me. There is no way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my God, I'm not crazy. And um but then and, and Phil and I laughed about it, you know, and um and then I started having these dreams about the island and I, I don't even remember seeing, you know, the whole island. I was just, you know, holed up in Michelle's house and so I had this one dream where I was um I was swimming underwater Way under the ocean and looking at all Mm -hmm. the corals and all the beautiful things. And I was swimming with a great white shark and a little blowfish. And I could breathe. And I was like, oh my God, I can breathe underwater. (laughs) And I woke up and it was just such a neat, you know, sensation that I could breathe underwater. And then I Mm -hmm. had another dream where I was in a swimming pool. I thought I was in the swimming pool, but I'd actually been in the jumped in the ocean. But I thought I was in the swimming pool and so I was swimming and splashing around and everything. And um, and all of a sudden I realized I was in the ocean and I panicked and I started flailing around and, and I and, and I and I thought I was, you know, gonna drown and then all of a sudden I was back in the swimming pool and I was okay and I thought, It's me. You know, I can't mm-hmm. swim. It's just the difference is I let fear take over. So I did another automatic writing and I asked Spirit, you know, um I don't understand. I'm usually spot on. I, I, I thought you said you wanted me to move to Whidbey Island, and I, I know that's not you know, going to happen. So was it just that I was traumatized by going there? And Spirit wrote back and said, Nancy, you still need to learn to let go, and you need to learn to trust. You will flourish on the island, and our book will flourish mm-hmm. there. And I want mm-hmm. you to be there by the end of this summer. And if it was the end of June when we had come the first time, so oh, wow. um, we, I told Phil, and he said, we can't leave all this. Our animals love it here. We had a small farm, you know, with acreage. And um, he said, I, I'm not leaving. And I said, and I can't mm-hmm. believe I said this, but I said, well, I said, I'm learning to trust in God and not in man, and I'm going to go. And he said, really? You would go without me? And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, I would. And so he mm-hmm. came along with me. We were here September third, and every single day, I mean, and Phil who wakes up and he goes, "Can you believe we live in paradise?" <laughs> oh my God, can you believe we live in the middle of a forest, but we've got you know light and everything it's and we are one mile from the ocean on three sides, so we have the best of both worlds. It's just, mm-hmm. and I'm not scared to get on the ferry anymore. I get mm-hmm. on it a lot. And uh, I was even thinking that I might take up kayaking. I'm not committed to that Ooh. yet.
3: But <laughs> no. <laughs> you <know. laughs>
1: well, you've done you know. more than dangle your toes in the water, too, I presume. Yeah. When we
2: I, – I have this little video that I did, but Spirit told me – that we are not being tested. You know, everybody says that we're being tested, and it may feel like it when we're going through these things. Sometimes it's not fun. Riding the ferry on that first time was not fun for me. But Spirit said that what we're actually being given is a tremendous opportunity for growth and personal empowerment. It's when we're terrified to do something or we think an obstacle is too great for us to overcome, we go ahead and we do it, Anyway, our confidence soars, not only mm-hmm. in spirit, but in ourselves. And spirit knows everything. Spirit's not going to give you something that you can't do so that you can fail and be mm-hmm. disappointed in yourself and be disappointed in spirit. Whenever you have to walk through the fire, I guarantee you will not be burned. You know, it just, it's just, you know, I, there's just, you know just too many things that have happened in my life that i was terrified of and i didn't think i could do and i you know they worked out perfectly for me perfectly i'm scared to arrive well. i'm scared of mm-hmm. everything and i just you know and getting here was i'm sorry i interrupted you
3: oh no no, no go ahead <laughs> okay
2: um i just have so many a story is about spirit, and I just get so excited to share them. And it's just, I just, if I just wished that somehow I could just, you know, just hand you that trust and that belief so that you would know and have it inside of you. It's just, it's just when you learn to walk and talk and listen to spirit and trust in spirit, your whole life changes. It's, it's a miracle, you know. But when we, you know, after we decided we were going to move and everything, we, um, we had our you know possessions put into these two trucks, and we rented this RV so that our four cats and our dog could come with us and we could be together the whole way. And um, my little grandson was driving my Jeep. And um, so we had three days to be here to be, meet the moving vans, and um, we were two days out on the road. We had to be here the next day. And my little grandson called at little grandson. He was obviously old enough to drive, but <laughs> he'll always be three years old to me. And um, he said, Grandma, can you, I am so tired. He said, can you please drive your Jeep and let me get in the RV and just take a nap? So we pulled over to a, a, a rest stop. And um, I got in the car and Baxter got in the RV and I told Phil, I said, don't leave without me. Wait until I put on my seatbelt. I've got to put on my sunglasses. I have to adjust the mirrors. Don't leave without mm-hmm. me, okay? And he said, okay. Mm-hmm. And he took off.
3: <laughs>
2: <gasps> oh, my God. And I tried to call him on my cell phone. I didn't have any coverage. I tried to put the address in the Garmin, and it was set up for Colorado, and I'm you know, basically electronically mm-hmm. illiterate. And so I thought, oh, my God, he'll never even know I'm not behind him, you know. So I, I got out there, and I got on the highway, and I was so scared. Cars were just swishing by really fast. And I was trying to catch them so that I could see where I was going. I had no idea where, where we were going, and I couldn't find them. And I was driving 75 miles an hour, and cars were passing me like I was, going, like I was standing still. And um, so then I have night blindness. And about three hours, three and a half hours later, it starts getting dark. And I was having a little bit of trouble seeing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, surely they've got to catch up with me sooner. I've got to catch up with them or whatever, you know. Surely he realizes I'm not behind him. And then it started raining. And it wasn't just raining. It was like a torrential downpour. The windshield wipers Mm -hmm. on my car were going back and forth so fast I could barely see out of them. And I still couldn't see with the rain, and it was dark. And then we came to this place where it was like curves, and I couldn't really see. But Mm -hmm. I was hugging the mountain, and I could tell cars were on the (laughs) other side of me. And I was really thinking, oh, my God, you know, I hope I don't end up crashing down. Or, you know, just I was going like 20 miles an hour, and people were honking at me. And then we came to a construction zone. And they had these flashing red lights, which further blinded me. And I was mm-hmm.
3: like, I'm already moving
2: to your damn island. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and nothing. Spirit didn't say a word to me. I just felt mm-hmm. like he deserted me. And I was so terrified. And I just, I was thinking about, you know, oh my God. And I know this is, sounds really. Um, kind of like hysterical but i was thinking about you know when jesus was on the cross and he asked to please let this cup pass him or when he was you know and i thought that god has deserted me what did i do you know did i get grateful what happened and then phil drove up alongside of me and he said what are you doing? He said, you were driving like a bat out of hell. we have been trying to catch you for two hours. And so I was so scared I didn't even see them waiting for me. And um, I said, I have to go to the bathroom, and I, I need gas. So, of course, he didn't tell me to get in the RV. He said, follow him. And I went to the bathroom, and we got gas in the car, and I was really upset with him for leaving me. I was even upset with my poor grandson for being tired. I was really upset with myself for being a wimp, and I was
4: furious
2: with Spirit. I just was, I wasn't happy at all. And that night, Braxton and Phil slept in a hotel room, and I stayed in the RV. I just wanted to be away from people that, you know, I can't rely on, and my animals love me, and I wanted to just be with my animals. And the next morning when I woke up, Spirit said, Nancy, look what you just did. Mm-hmm. and I'm, sitting, I'm thinking, you know, I don't even know if I want to talk to you. Where were you last night? <laughs> you just drove through Seattle under the most adverse conditions possible, and you did it. Think what you could do on a bright, sunshiny day, Nancy. And I thought, that's right. I drove, and it was horrible. I couldn't even see half of the time, and, and the Spirit was there with me the whole time. Even when I'm telling the story, I say we came to a construction zone, we, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It was, but I felt like I was all alone. And it just I have been to Seattle now by myself and driven. Mm-hmm. I don't still like it a lot, but, you know, I know <laughs> I can do it.
1: It's interesting as you share your. Uh, it's interesting as you share your stories because, well, a I'm a preacher's kid, <laughs> and so I'm hearing through my church background the things that you're sharing, and I can immediately think of, you know, like a scriptural reference, you know, you have not because you ask, not, you know, ask and you shall receive, uh, you know, uh, oh, ye of little faith, you know, the, the walking on water, all of these kind of lessons that come out of the Larger teachings uh, that are gained through Christianity, I'm hearing repeated in your actual in examples of these moments in real life when he says, you know, if you have faith the size of the mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and nothing shall be impossible for you when you told the storm to stop you know, or peace be still, having the power and authority in your voice and your speaking to command the elements and the reality around you, certainly. So, you know, it's very interesting for me. I am, don't necessarily attend church regularly at this point of my journey, but, of course, uh, I have a strong background in teaching of that particular uh, pathway that, it always comes back to the essence of the the messages. And I know from reading your book that you also spent time, I don't know what your current walk is, but I know that you said that you were in a real Pentecostal, spirit-filled, Bible-bumping church environment for a period of your life.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's. I think that that's when I, you know, we, we used to prophesy all the time, and it was just natural. it was just normal. That's how you help each other. If you get a message for someone, we would tell them, and it was OK. But then when you step out of that church atmosphere, people think it's not right to do that. You know I've had so many people tell me, "You know, aren't you afraid you're going to go to hell? I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid I'm going to go to hell. I know the spirit loves me. And I'm doing the right thing because I'm listening to Spirit now. I may have gone to hell when I wasn't listening to Spirit, but uh, uh, you know, or you were in as, hell,
1: you know. Yeah, I was. Your life certainly not very pleasant. When uh, from your story, it was not very pleasant for you as a young child. But you know, it's interesting because many, one of my main things that kind of moved me out from an institutional practice of being in church was that a lot of Fear and separation from spirit in order to channel it through, say, a church leader or external person who is then acting as your guidance system rather than your own internal guidance system was the prevalent kind of teaching or doctrine that I came to understand in my younger years as a United Methodist. And so for me, it was a years of releasing the fear-based limits of guilt or am I too big for my britches when it's like, well, no, you are fearfully and wonderfully made and it's not for you to turn away from the power that you have. And so that kind of caused my personal split to move out of a, what they call church down here in the South. They say, are you church? <laughs> I'm not churched right now, but, you know, I have belief, faith, and spirit. But having to undo years of fear indoctrination that separates out then to say, well, it's okay if you're speaking in tongues and then prophetic if you're in the church, but if you're receiving light language and spirit-given messages outside of that, or you're talking with angels, people say, well, who are you to presume that you can talk with an angel? It's a real perspective difference in some church practices, although I believe that we are in a time period where some of those old stricter doctrines are moving away, and people are kind of coming to a more spiritually connected message through their church organizations. So that's my belief, you know, in terms of what I hear people saying when they go to church now. Are you still in a quote-unquote church environment or did you have to I guess they would say fall out of fellowship did you fall out of fellowship as you kind of came into reliance on your inner guidance you know I
2: did I I just pulled out I didn't want anything to do with religion at all I knew I had I had almighty God I had spirit and I just felt like we put too much stock into other people instead of spirit. And lots of times, you know, and I wrote about that in the book where we go to church, you know, one day a week or maybe, you know. Spirit gives us our lives. You know, what is it every day of our lives that we give one day back? I think that walking with spirit is its a lifetime occurrence. You do it. you you involve spirit has told me to involve him in everything that i do and everything that i do shall prosper and i believe it and i just felt like you know we sometimes we get caught up in churches and we want to fit in you know i was a sunday school teacher and i you know and every time the church doors were open we were expected to be there and we cleaned the pastor's wife's house and we did all this stuff and we cooked in the kitchen and we and um and I just didn't want anything to do. I mean, don't ever say never, because I thought I would never, ever, ever go to church again. And then we moved to the island, and we have our grocery store. is called the Goose. <laughs> we don't have like a King Super <laughs> or a Safeway. It's the Goose.
3: Okay.
2: And so, um, I was going to the Goose on a Sunday morning and I drove by and I saw this sign and it was not even like a big sign or not even as kind of in the, you know, the bushes off the highway and um, it said, you know, services um, 10 a.m. and Spirit said, why don't you go check it out?
3: <laughs> it's a church.
2: And Spirit said, well, just drive up and see what you think. It's, It's, you know, it's in the woods. And so... I pulled in and came up this little road and, and drove into this little, and it was nestled in the woods, and it's this tiny little church. And I didn't see, um, I just, I don't like to see pictures of Jesus hanging on the cross. <laughs> you know, it just mm-hmm. really bothers me. And I think it's like just all this guilt and everything, you know. And mm-hmm. so I um I noticed that there wasn't a cross outside, and there wasn't... um. You know, it didn't seem like, you know, it was just a little building, and it just, so I was watching the people to see if they were pious, you know, if they were just like being really righteous and stuff, but they were laughing and talking, and lots of them were carrying in food, and um, so I thought, well, they seem kind of nice, you know, and Spirit said, why don't you just go in? And I'm like, I'm not going in there. And Spirit told me to go in. So I said, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm standing right by the door. And if anybody tells me they love me or wants me to sign up for anything, I'm bolting. And I stood <laughs> right by the door. And people were really nice. They said, hi, is this your first time? I said, yes. And they said, well, welcome. And here I was expecting them to, you know, sign up for tithes and offering and do this and all this. Mm-hmm. And, um,. So I thought, okay, it's safe to stay. So I sat on the very back row on the very end, (laughs) in case anybody got too friendly, you know. And it was just, it's just big, huge windows. And you're looking at nature. And you could see the birds, Mm -hmm. you know, flying back and forth. And I was just, this is God's creation, just like me. I love this. Mm -hmm. And then they got up and they talked. And it wasn't about... You know, fire and brimstone, and you're going to suffer in hell. It was about how much God loves you, and that we're all children of God, and and you know, and we're all when we were all created equal, and and all this stuff. And it's talking about it doesn't matter what religion you believe you belong to, it, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. All that matters is that God loves mm-hmm. you. That's all that matters. And I was mm-hmm. bawling and bawling, and the make- my makeup was running down my face, and I'm like, "Oh my God, what's the matter with me and um I walked out of there, and Spirit said, "Well, now you found your home. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I don't go on a regular basis because I'm still a little bit, I still have that stigma or whatever you know that I don't want to get so caught up because everybody's really nice and friendly and no one seems to judge that I forget about spirit because that is my path. I want to spend time with spirit, you know. But mm-hmm. I, do, I, I do go probably at least once a month, and I really I have never gone where there hasn't been a really, really enriching um, message, and I really like going there. So um, spirit can reach you anywhere, you know mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be. I don't think it has to be in a church. I know when I'm in nature, sometimes I feel spirit's presence really you mm-hmm. know really deeply. I used to like to hike the mountains of Colorado um to feel mm. spirit's presence, and spirit's with you all the time because it's in your soul so um so yeah, I think you know sometimes we get so caught up with if somebody's not doing things exactly the same way that we're doing it, then they're lost or they're on the wrong path. And, you know, we're all alike in a lot of ways, but we're all unique. And sometimes, you know, I think all paths lead to the center. You know, I don't believe that God's going to forsake any of us because we make a mistake. I just don't believe that. I don't believe that Mm -hmm. we were given our free will. And then once we exercise that, we're doomed to hell forever. I just
3: can't Mm -hmm. bring my The
2: God I know isn't like that. And I know him intimately. (laughs)
1: Right. I really do. I was just thinking about the faith and trust issue. Like, faith is one of those words that I I tend to challenge people when they use faith um, as a word, because the concept of it is somewhat problematic for me. This I think maybe in terms of semantics that it's like knowing when you have an inner knowing, it's not a faith statement because it's like if you know one plus one equals two, it's not a faith transaction to know that one plus one equals two. That's a knowing, a knowledge-based assessment that you make of a situation. And so Trust, you know, I trust that if I balance my checkbook and add my ones and twos right, then my account will not go overdraft because I have an understanding of the what is happening behind the mathematics that I'm doing in order to do that transaction. And I kind of feel the same way about spirit, creator, source, God, whatever you your particular label of identification of that concept is. But, that To me, it's not about a faith, it's about a knowing. Um, because when you get into faith, you kind of get into doctrine and belief systems and things that I think sometimes can be problematic. But to trust is an action item. Um, So when you're balancing your checkbook, you're trusting that your account is going to come out right. And when you're trusting spirit, you are knowing that your account is going to come out right in the spiritual sense. And I believe that at any given moment, no matter what choice I've made, the best and highest outcome is unfolding for me on the choice that I made. So, mistake is interesting because, you know, it's kind of black and white to say it's a mistake or a right choice when really you're going to, again, like you said, be all right. You're not going to be turned away out of the love of God because you made a quote unquote mistake or you chose something that you could have chosen differently. Because even in that maybe less informed choice, when you look back on it, you can say, well, if I would have known better, I would have done better. But even in that, you are still being kind of, like, rescued from anything else that could have befallen you, you know. And I read in this story about, like, your your knee in the grocery store on the grapes of wrath,
5: <laughs> you know, the <laughs> attack
1: of the killer grape, right? Even yeah. though it was very terribly painful and it wasn't something you had planned um, at all for yourself, but... The best possible outcome, with the best possible surgeon, with the best possible logistics for you to be able to do what you felt you needed to do, and the best possible lessons—all constantly flowed out of that. From what I read in your 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 um, telling of that particular situation, you yeah, know, to me that's really a was. wonderful thing to see.
2: And that's another thing. I have always been scared of doctors. Uh, when I I was married once before, and um, I uh, when we first got married, well, not when we first got married, but later on, I worked for a medical malpractice insurance company, and so I just always um, been terrified of doctors. And I was really looking forward to that surgery because I had to go seven days with my knee dangling, and my patella tendon had been severed, and you only have 14 days to put it back together. And um, this man, when I went in to see him, he said he couldn't take me. He was one of the best, and he just was swamped. And when he saw the x-rays of my leg, it was like sawdust, and it was such a challenge that he, he took me in right away. And he... I've never met I mean, he was he he trains surgeons. He flies all around the world and trains other surgeons and he was so down to earth, and he took the time to explain every little detail to me, everything that was going to happen. And, you know, I know I joke about, you know, somebody was not being entirely truthful when he gave me the shot so that I wouldn't feel anything.
3: But I could not
2: have asked for a better surgeon, and I was totally confident. And then I didn't want to go to physical therapy, and he said, he goes, I don't like to recommend physical therapy either because sometimes they push you too hard. And he said, you know what you can handle. And and he said, if you promise that you will do these exercises, and he showed me stuff to do. And it was just, I really recovered
1: really quickly.
5: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, best, everything. best
1: possible outcome. You know, you were on your way, I think. Weren't you on your way to a, a lecture where you were the featured speaker? An, uh,
2: I was one of them. I wasn't the featured it was um it was um, a bunch of medical intuitives were talking <laughs> how mm-hmm. coincidental huh <laughs> and, um, I went in to get some rice cakes, and also we were out of um of um vinegar not vinegar um olive oil <laughs> olive oil, right? oil. yes <laughs> yeah yeah and um so um you know it was just um i didn't um I didn't intend for. You know, I didn't make it.
1: (laughs) um, Right. But your best and highest outcome came out of it because you talked to the lessons that you learned in having to be cared for by your husband and having to let yourself be in that role, whereas you often were in that role for others, that there was uh, a growth in that as well for you. Yeah, it's so
2: true that you even caught I mean that you caught that because most people don't see that lesson. It is so hard for so many of us to get help. We're used to being the strong ones and we hate to and and giving and we don't ever want to ask anybody else or put somebody else out. And um it's really um it 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 just it feels good to know that there's another human being that will take care of you and help you.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I
2: never had that as a kid, and so I guess I never expected that I would get it from anybody. Um, So it was just, um, it just, I I don't know, it just really, um, I think that sometimes I've had, um, you know, I don't even ever, like, admit this, but I think that sometimes I just thought that men didn't care about women (laughs) And I'm mm-hmm. really learning that that is not true. There are some amazing, amazing human beings out there that are male, you know, mm-hmm. in all walks of life. And I have had um, really, you know, been honored to meet so many of them. And it's just, it's my whole, you know, lots of the values we have and the beliefs we have, they're not even ours. They were given to us, you know, at our birth. We're born into a religion. We were mm-hmm. given a name and, and all this stuff, you know, and it's not even ours, and we spend our whole life defending it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not even what we believe in, and <laughs> lots of things that I thought were just etched in stone, I mean, are just, they're not. Right. I believe that we really do create our own destinies, you know, by the way... We live by our thoughts, by our attitudes, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. It's true. If you believe in something and you put energy towards it, it's more apt to happen than if you believe that something negative is going to happen. And that's usually what you call to us. You know, Mother Teresa once said about going to a, being invited to a war rally or anti-war rally, and she said, Mm no, I, I don't know. And she said it's not that. You know, she said, I just don't want to put my energy towards anti-anything. She said, but if you invite Mm -hmm. me to a peace rally, I'll be there. Right. And I like that, you know, be for peace, be for love, you know, be for your, you know, fellow, be for humanity, be for nature, take care of animals. You know, don't be against, hate doesn't solve anything. What we need is more love.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: and that's what we all want that's what we all need in our souls (laughs) Right. and it doesn't cost anything
1: well I am very engaged in this conversation this is quite wonderful we've been on for about an hour now and I'm going to pause and take care of some housekeeping here for just a couple minutes and I have a couple questions for you about um, you know that some of the energy you talked on about male and female roles and relationships. But then also I really want to get into your psychic gifts. You mentioned automatic writing, and I'm very interested in that. You seem to have a very, very strong connection direct to spirit where you're receiving clear messages. So I want to give our listeners also a little insight into that as well. So we'll just take a quick break with you, Nancy, for a few minutes while I clean up on the Information that I need to share with the listening audience. So this is Thank the Psychic you. Inside Show. Yes, it's the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm your host, Joelle, the Vibrarian. And every week we connect with a different guest who shares their psychic story and how um, kind of, they kind of discovered that they were psychic in the first place, and what being psychic means to them as a way of being. So uh, this week's guest has been Nancy Byrne. You can call us at 646 There's also a chat room going on the Blog Talk Radio site where you can time in to ask questions. And also, we'd like to connect with you in our Facebook community. You can join in at The Vibrarian, V I B E R A R I A N. So I wanted to let you know that we have an amazing lineup over the next few weeks of psychics. And I do see that we have some callers who are holding this evening uh, who have pressed to ask ask questions. So I'll be to you in just a moment. But um, next week, I believe that our guest of the week is Scott Hall. Scott is an Atlanta area psychic who is a spiritual channel and medium. Um, Scott actually is very interesting because he works with an extraterrestrial energy in his uh, sessions and I've been following his blog for a while and also had a reading with him that was quite interesting and so I'm really excited to have him on the show to learn more about his particular unique journey and gifts. And then I've also got, I think probably we've got eight or ten weeks of upcoming guests who are going to be on. It's really so wonderful because we've got people coming from all around the world. Uh, Well, let me say all around the United States. Um, So it looks like on our next episode next Tuesday is actually – lady m martha rivers martha is a, a atlanta area psychic who has an international clientele she has been on uh with one of the real housewives of atlanta i believe Fade, Where she's appeared on a tv episode of that show providing counsel and uh, she's just a wonderful sweet woman i've known her through connection for several years and the week after that, on August 1st, we've got Emily Harrison. Emily is the founder of the Akashic Academy. She is an Akashic Records reader and will be on sharing her story. And we will also have our episode on Thursday of the Vibrarian Show. We are going to go in-depth with Akashic Records. So we will have several Akashic Record readers who will be part of the panel that evening to talk about how they learn to be in that particular realm and share some tidbits and wisdom about working with Akashic Records. And then on August 8th is the Scott Hall episode of the show. And then on August 15th, we've got Pink Bella, Pink Bella Aloha Therapy. She is a twin flame spiritual guide and counselor. Um, You can find her channel on YouTube to get a little bit of background about her. Quite amazing. I'm very excited to have her. I'm just excited about everybody that's going to be on this show. On August 22nd, we've got Lisa the X, who is a Extremely gifted teacher. She has a psychic development class that she runs here in Atlanta. And is a spiritual reader, medium, and pranic healer. And then on August 29th, I have Karen McAfee, who is, again, uh, local to the Atlanta area. It's wonderful because I'm connected with so many amazing people, but I'm also looking at the international audience, or at least the national audience. Some of the people who I have on are going to be from the UK and Australia in the fall months, and I'm very excited about that. We're looking to get the time differences ironed out for those shows. But I've also got uh, on September 5th, Janet Raftus, who is an amazing guide and healer. And she also has uh, readings that she gives and offers retreats in Costa Rica and exotic, wonderful places that are very beneficial for your healing and health. So uh, as you can see, there's just quite a role of amazing people who are coming up to tell their stories, to share uh, with Um, you what it has been like to live their psychic life so I hope that you will bookmark blogtalkradio.com slash the library and tune in for the next few weeks, we would love to have you continue to join us on every Tuesday. I'm going to check in with our callers at this point to see if you have a question for Nancy or if you're calling for a reading. If you're calling for a reading, those won't happen for about another half hour as those occur during the final portion of the show. Um, I have a caller with the area code 402 on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hi,
4: and this is Sharon and Yeah, I was calling for a reading,
1: so I can just hold on. Okay, I will put you back on hold. And what is your name again? Sharon. Sharon or Shannon? Sharon, okay. I've got you first in the queue for um, when that portion of the show starts. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, caller ending in Excuse me. area code 646. Were you calling for a reading or did you have a question?
6: I'm calling for a reading.
1: Okay. We'll be to those in about a half hour. May I have your first name?
6: It's Stacy.
1: Stacy. Okay. You will be caller number two. All right. And we'll be to you in a little bit. Thank you. And then the caller with the area code 858. Um Um, Caller area code 858 Were you calling with a question for Nancy Or were you calling for a reading
0: I was calling for a reading
1: Okay May I have your first name
0: Uh, It's Ann
1: Ann okay We're going to be to the readings in about a half hour So I'll have you back on hold And you'll be the third and final reading Of the evening Okay Uh, Great thank you so much Okay thank you so, Nancy, we've got three for the last portion. So, excellent. I'm really excited about that. But so, you, I just can't figure out which one I want to start with first. I, I'm very much interested in the automatic writing because it seems to be something that you reference a lot in your book, and I know you have a lot of other gifts because you teach, your, you know, classes, you are a medium, you medical intuitive, Reiki master, and astrologer. So would you say that automatic writing is your strongest mode of communicating with spirit, or maybe that's the wrong word?
2: Um, you know, I think that I first got into automatic writing because it um, it was tangible. I could see it, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. um, and I you know when I went to the um, psychic uh, for the Aspen School of Psychic Development, I could write stuff down and then I had it. And and when people like were just blown away, you know, I couldn't like poo poo it or say I imagined it or I, you know what I mean. It was really happened. Like we were doing long distance um, Reiki healing, and um, the instructor had thrown all these, or people had brought pictures and put them all over the floor, and you were supposed to go to whatever you were drawn to. And I went to this picture of a little kid. He was like about, he looked like he was about six months old, just a happy little boy. And I picked up his picture, and so I did an automatic writing on him, and it said that he was a happy little boy, and he had a brain tumor. And I was like, oh, God, this can't be right. Please don't let this be right. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, so I waited until the very end. everybody gave their readings, what they got, and everybody had like two or three pages. I mean, they were very detailed, and that's all I got. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) why am I here? And uh, so I I said, I didn't get very much. I said, all I got was, and I said what I got, and uh, the lady, his aunt had put in the picture, And she said, well, she said, you know as much as the doctors at Children's Hospital know. She said, that's, you know. And the instructor said, Nancy, everybody else got somebody that was 50 or 60 or 70 years old. How much are you going to be able to tell about a six-month-old little boy? She said, you know, Mm don't be so hard on yourself. And I think that's what we do. We're just... We just we doubt ourselves. You know, who am I that God would give me the answers? I mean, you know, boy, I'm getting pretty hot here that I think God's going to speak to me. Who <laughs> are you not? You know, God loves you. You're, you know, I, it's just Spirit loves you. And so, um, and I just have always used it, and I always still do use it when I give readings. When you know people call for a reading, the first thing I do is I tell them that they have to, um, you know, do their part and I want them to write down two or three questions, specific questions that they want spirit to answer for them, and they don't tell me what the questions are, but to ask spirit to please give me the answers and um, and then I do an automatic writing, and uh, without exception, he answers their questions, and they can't believe it, but then that gets it out of the way, and it opens up then their faith too the spirit wants to give them the answers, and then they can they feel to ask questions you know but um and i never wanted to do readings like say on the radio or any place else (laughs) affairs where you just you know where you just do it because i thought oh my gosh but i can't write it down and what if i can't you know but spirit said your job is to show up and i will tell you what to Mm -hmm. say and so it's another Mm -hmm. lesson in letting go you know and trusting and so um I guess maybe it was a, kind of a, a crutch to begin with, and I just feel like I prefer to do that. I really um, I have a lot of um, faith in astrology. I think it's just mm-hmm. so accurate and detailed, and it gives you so much information. And since I kind of subscribe to the, you know, kind of like before we were even born, our souls knew the mm-hmm. lessons we mm-hmm. needed to learn. Um, astrology mm-hmm. tells you so much about that, like, you know, past lives. Yes. Or, um, and I, um, I never, I never, you have to take a course to learn how to grade the Myers-Briggs, but I administered it a lot. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a really good personality um, tool, but it's, the, the astrology talks about your north node, and your mm-hmm. north node mm-hmm. is a lesson you need to learn in this lifetime. And it's really amazing um, how accurate it is. It's just Mm -hmm. really amazing. And so I really um, believe in that, too. And um, I haven't done tons of um, medical intuitive work. You know, I've done, I did some, um, a lady came in and, when I was in the Aspen School for Psychic Development. We were supposed to tell them, like, what was wrong with them and everything. And I was surprised that I knew. And then this last lady that came in, nobody could, you know, nobody could tell what was the matter with her. And I said, you know, I said, that's because, you know, you're healthy. There's nothing the matter with you. I said, you have a sore shoulder, but that's from physical exertion. And she said, yeah, that's right. I was, you know, I was pulling hay. And I said, but you have a really sick horse. And she looked at me and she goes, yeah, I do. And I said, it's its left rear leg. And she said, yes, it is. And I said, You're, and he's locked in a barn, and he, you can't leave him in the barn. And she said, well, I have to. He can't move his leg. He has to be kept immobile. And I saw, you know, a... Um, an enclosed spot in the yard. And I said, but you have a fence in your yard, and the horse is going to die if you leave it in the barn. It's not getting any sun. It can't be out. You can leave it, you know, in that enclosed fence. And she goes, well, I never thought about that. And that surprised mm-hmm. me, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the horse had a need. And it, you know, I mean, all living things, so we're connected. <laughs> and um, Right. And then another time I was um, doing this, reading and we couldn't you know i couldn't do automatic writing and we had to face a wall and we had it was like we had to face like sit in a corner you know like you do in school if you do something bad but Mm -hmm. you couldn't even look at who you were reading for and i was just really scared and if you gave them you just talk and you had to talk for 45 minutes and not stop and um if it was a yes if if what you were saying was correct they tapped you on your shoulder once if it was wrong they tapped you twice and if they didn't know the answer, they tapped you three times. And uh, so um, I was reading. I was. I started talking, and I saw this really, I don't know, this wonderful, wonderful man. And he was like, um, you know, like, do you remember? I don't know if it was Bonanza or Little House on the Prairie. Hoss. He was a real big guy, and he had mm-hmm. a very gentle heart. Well, he mm-hmm. just he reminded me so much of this guy. And he said that. He had no regrets, you know, about his life at all. His children were his legacy, and he was so proud of them. He said he was a little concerned about his middle child, but it wasn't anything serious. She just wasn't living up to her potential. And um, he just loved his wife. He adored his wife. And her hair looked like Albert Einstein's. I mean, she was so...
3: um,
2: you know, she just she walked to the beat of her own drummer and some people thought she was mm-hmm. crazy, you know. But she just knew who she was and she didn't care what other people thought, you know. And I was just describing all the stuff that he was telling me and I was tears were pouring down my face and when it was over I looked at the instructor and I said, how could I be crying over somebody I don't even know and that's a dad? Mm-hmm. I never met this man. And he said, because, Nancy, you connected to this man's soul, and that's what you can do. We can help reach other people and help other people when they want answers and they have questions. And I turned around, and the girl, it was a lady, and she was crying to her. Both of our makeup was splared, smattered all over <laughs> our face, and she said, <laughs> That was my grandpa. And she said everything was accurate. Everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, I I think sometimes we do things to build up our confidence, not because we really need to do them, because we all have gifts. We all do. It's mm-hmm. just that we don't mm-hmm. believe that we do or that we're worthy to have them. And, um, you know, it's just um, when you get to a point – uh, this sounds I hope this doesn't sound cold or anything, but when you finally get to a point where you're not worried about people liking you or accepting mm-hmm. you because you have Almighty God, and so you want to do your best for people, but it doesn't matter if they like you or not because God loves you it's you're able
3: mm-hmm.
2: to you're able to just you know do things i I sometimes I think that this one lady's following me around from show to show because the last three shows I swear it's the same lady. She has the same question. I can't give her the answer she wants because that's not that's not what she's supposed to do, but she just insists that this is right. She goes, "Well, you're wrong and I'm going to do what I." And I what can you say? You know? Mm-hmm. I can, I can only tell people what spirit has me tell them. And sometimes mm-hmm. It's hard because we want something so badly. And sometimes it's just not for our highest good and greatest joy. Um, Mm -hmm. Some women you know feel that this man is the one man for them and he's the love of their life and they can't live without him and they know he's the one they just know and they really want me to tell them he's the one and he's not this man is married has three kids never shows (laughs) up when they're supposed to meet you know i mean that's not you know they're the ones that have to pay to fly around the world and meet him and then he doesn't even show up and he doesn't call and That's not Mm -hmm. the one for them, and if they were with him, they would collapse into the relationship, they would give up their jobs, they would give up everything, Mm -hmm. and this man would eventually leave them anyway.
3: You know? Mm -hmm.
2: But we all think we have the answers, and sometimes we just don't. So. Um I automatic writing I'm sorry that was a long answer to your question but I just always um it's been the first the first tool that I um that I used and so I kind of stick with it but actually I'm claircognizant which means that you just know mm-hmm. it. and it's kind of scary you know, because right. I say stuff and I'm like how did I know that <laughs> you mm-hmm. know but mm-hmm. so far it's been right um right. and um when I worked for a police department um, I was a, a victim's advocate, and there was this lady that came in, and um, she was just a tiny little lady. We had had several contacts, run-ins with her husband. He was like 6'4", and he would get in bar fights. He would get drunk and be in bar fights. And he, one time he sent six of our officers to the hospital, this one man oh, before they could subdue him. And she came in, and she's this tiny little thing, and she said... I came to you because people say I can trust you, and you care about people. And she said, I think my husband broke my neck. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'll oh. get an ambulance. And she's like, no, you can't. You can't write a police report. And I said, I have to. That's my job. And she said, "If I, he's told me that if I report him, he will kill me, and he will kill our two daughters I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god." And I'm trying to, you know, tell her that, you know, she needs to leave him, and she goes, "It would bring dishonor to my family." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Well, then can't you move in with your family?" She goes, "That would bring dishonor to my family." And um so I took her in my car to the hospital, and when they put her on the stretcher, um she was h- holding my hand. We were holding each other's hands. And I saw her lying on the steps of this house, and one leg was on the top step and the other leg was on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And she was lying Mm -hmm. in a puddle of blood. And I just looked away Mm -hmm. from her. I thought, oh, my God, I can't get too attached to her. She's going to die. And she knew. Mm -hmm. She knew exactly. She let go of my hand, and she thanked me. Uh, She said, you have been like a sister to me. And she said, you're the Mm -hmm. only one that's ever showed me any kindness. And six weeks later... That's how we found mm.
3: her. And mm-hmm. so, you
2: know, in my book, when I'm talking about you get carried in the down in a body bag, you know uh-huh. how I got actually mm-hmm. carried down in a body bag for those being you know, a skiing things by the ski patrol because I didn't listen to spirit or my guides telling me to get off that mountain. Mm-hmm. Those people actually do get carried out in a body bag because they don't mm-hmm. listen to their own inner mm-hmm. guidance. You know, she could have. Left and trusted the spirit was giving her the right answers, or you know. But she wanted to protect her children, and and instead she was dead. Her husband was going to be in prison. Mm-hmm. Her kids were going to go into foster care, and mm-hmm. at least she they would have had a mom, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. There were resources,
2: mm-hmm. and it's just it just I, you know. But I can't judge anybody because you know what I've been there. <laughs> where I just thought my life was a mess and there was no hope and nobody loved me and I was just doomed to a life of misery
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: It's so
1: poignant to hear stories of choices and you know um, that when people think there is no option that they are trapped in their circumstance and, and are not able to see around it and when you're gifted with a seeing then that sees maybe a little bit farther and it could be just a friend who's not calling yourself psychic but certainly feels like they can give you advice and, and how to trust that you can escape or you can have a better day for yourself. That's that's a very hard kind of lesson to learn, and I'm not saying that spirit teaches it, but you know, Earth school can be harsh, and uh, the conditions in here are pretty harsh and harsh and severe. Overall, the consequences of some things being that we're in a 3D reality that we have flesh and bone and gravity and things to take into account as we choose to live our lives, you know, um, I always think about those poor little turtles who try to, you know, they're hatched and then they have to make it to open water and there are any number of things that can happen to them before they get to open water. And then when they get to the open water, there's any number of things that can happen to them before they make it to uh, adulthood. And so many of us as humans are also like that, that things uh, just, uh, we encounter on our journey, especially children and the most vulnerable, encounter things on their journey that really can end their it much quicker than we would want for them to experience. You know, a six-month-old with a brain tumor or a one-and-a-half-year-old being kicked across the floor, you know what I'm saying? Those are as taxing as any other biology or nature instance that we see happening. But even those turtles are following instinct. They're following an inner GPS system that has been functioning within their species, passed on to their parents, to their home shores, to be birthed over and over and over again. And so it's kind of comforting to know that, okay, we do have an inner GPS that we can turn on and scramble for safety when we're given the nudge to to do so or the inclination to do so and that that will then help us succeed and grow to a healthy, thriving adulthood Then where we can teach and protect those then who we birth or who we then guide to trust more so in their own. We can raise children who trust their inner guidance. And we pass on that wisdom of our nature and our experience so that hopefully theirs is not as harsh and punishing as ours was, you know. And I think that's one of the beautiful things you talk quite a bit in your book about, you know, children and, of course, your perspective talks to your childhood experiences that you were able to succeed in spite of and move in spite of um, your circumstances that you were born into into a place where you're – Now Living in Paradise, and you're an author and you're closely connected with a loving spirit who you uh, speak of as an intimate and close companion and friend. And you help people every day look at their choices, uh, both through your your interactions with them in real time and also through your book. So I, I think that is such a beautiful, beautiful story for people to take a lesson from this evening. And uh, we we are getting to the last half hour of the show, and I have now four callers, the previous three and one additional. So I do want to go ahead and start with the readings portion of the show, Nancy. Do you have any kind of like guidelines for the callers? We do usually ask for just a single question in the interest of time. Um um so do you have any other things that you would like to share with the callers who will be receiving a reading before I bring the first person Sharon on the line
2: You know I don't but could I just say one more thing
1: <laughs> Yes before absolutely
2: we, Um I was just thinking for some reason when you were talking um you know I um when we were elders in the church I I took Bible college and I remember there was a part where I was reading about moses and you know god promised to save the people and moses is just um praying and praying and praying and praying you know god you promised to save your people you know here we are you know the mountains you know the red sea is before us and you know the armies are bearing down on us and You promised to save your people. Please save your people. And he was just, I mean, sincere and heartfelt and wanted God's help and was just imploring God. And God said, Moses, quit praying and start walking. Hmm. And, you know, it wasn't until his foot touched the bottom or touched the water that it parted. At that moment, it parted. And so I'm
1: just blown away. (laughs) I have to pause you for a second. I'm blown away because not even two hours ago, I was giving a reading to a client, and the energy of Moses came forth in the cards that I was using. And that's actually the first time that Moses came through in that particular deck. And the message was him, it was him standing at the edge of the sea with his foot on the shore as the water parting from beside it, and the message was to take charge, to take action now going forward. That is so, bad. I love one spirit.
3: <laughs>
1: when spirit that, I don't know
2: why I brought that up, but yeah. You know, um, but it's true. We've already been given everything. And if I wrote you a check for a million dollars, it does not do any good unless you take it to the bank and cash it or deposit it. You know, Mm -hmm. we've Mm -hmm. been given blank checks for our lives. We need Mm. to do something. We need to take action, and it's just vital. Mm. We have to do our Ooh, that part. that must have you been know? a message
1: for me personally. Thank you for that. <laughs> that was quite a timely piece of wisdom for me personally. So thank you, Spirit. Thank you for <laughs> pausing to bring that particular aspect out. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, I never heard the plan comes together. I know. Spirit has a divine plan, right? <laughs> Well, okay, so we have uh, Sharon, who I'm going to bring on. Did you have any um, guidelines for the callers before we begin this segment? No, but I would like to just give, you
2: know, mini readings and not like full-blown, um, you know, full-blown yes. readings.
1: We do ask that the callers have just a single question, and if you have like a follow-up to something that Nancy provides, yes. then certainly Um to, for clarification, but if you can keep it to a particular single subject, um, that would be wonderful because we do have uh, a few minutes left and we have about four callers to get through. And so um, the first caller is Sharon. Sharon, thank you for listening into the show this evening. Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. You have a question for Nancy.
4: Yeah, hi Nancy. Um, hi Sharon. Thanks. Um. Yeah, I'm so enthralled with what you're saying. It's really hard for me to pick one question. Um, I guess I want to know, because there's so much going on, but God knows what that is, and I wondered if there was any, you know, special, any message he wants me to have.
2: What I'm getting is that, to thine own self be true, Sharon, um... It just feels like you know you do kind of listen to other people and you want to please other people and you want people to like you and and you try to be very helpful in everything <coughs> sometimes um, sometimes perhaps you give too much and it's at your own sacrifice, and your life is just as important as everyone else's, so you have to take care of yourself. First, because if you get depleted or anything happens to you, then yeah. you're not going to be around to help other people.
4: Yeah. Um, I've tried that, but, you know, you can't, I can't do it on my own. So, you know, I can't make the doctors fix me or, or the different things. I guess um, I'm having difficulty in getting any help from anyone. I don't know. Do you see any... Any direction, anybody that out there that might help me?
2: You know, I'm not seeing anyone. It, it just feels like you just are so, um, and obviously if you're having problems, you would be, but it just feels like you're so stressed out that you can't really focus on anything, and it's kind of like you're grasping at straws. You know what I mean? And Yeah. It's hard when you're going through that to have to trust and to, you know, let go. But really, um, <laughs> really, that's, you know, your only recourse. I mean, spirit is the great physician. And you ask him to give you or her to give you help and to direct you to the right people that will help you. And and it will happen. You just have to really ask and, and trust. You know, um, you could hear a conversation where people are talking about, oh, my gosh, this magnificent person that took care of the same problem that they did, or maybe something comes up on the radio or something, but just look for signs and just trust, because if you ask, you will, you're guaranteed to receive. That's all there is to it. God said, ask and he shall receive. You know, you don't ask for, right. you know, and you won't get the wrong answer, so you need to just, I guess maybe that's, Part of the thing about Moses, too, is doing your part, you know, because I'm really, I really don't have anyone to tell you to go see. I, and I'm, and I'm not mm-hmm. seeing anything wrong with you. So I'm just, that you just have to Thanks. ask
4: Spirit. Sorry. Yeah. No, I have. I have. Um, it's, uh, there's somebody that lives around me that's been trying to you know, drive me out of my house. You know, they're killing animals. I don't know if you pick up anything on that.
2: I What I get is that you need to focus on what you're doing and not on what anybody else is doing. You know, people do a lot of things that aren't right, and we want to, you know, they shouldn't, or we don't think it's right, but that's
4: where they're at in their lives. Well, I mean... They killed my cat. It's my cat. They broke in my house and they took cat and they smashed her head in. And then they kill animals and leave them at my door. So it's directed to me.
2: Well, have you contacted the police? Yes. And they're not doing anything?
4: Right. And do you know who these people are? I know it's somebody that's real close. But I don't know who it is It's just so hard to imagine Anybody that could do That kind of thing It's just like that husband You were talking about
2: It is hard It is hard I I don't know what to tell you about that. I'm sorry.
4: Okay, so you don't see who it is? I don't see who it is. Can I ask you a quick question about that case that that woman that talked to you that you took to the hospital um, and you first saw her death? Can I ask you why you didn't tell her what you saw that might have triggered her to leave? I wasn't supposed to tell her. Oh, really? Huh. I just, why does God give you those, I mean, that happened to my mom all the time. You know, she was like you. You know, she just, she had the knowing. And um, she saw things. And, you know, in her mind. um, Psychic. And... I used to tell her, "Well, then you just pray about it, you know. If it's nobody that you know, you know, but I mean, why would God show you that if if there wasn't any reason for it? I don't know.
2: Maybe so that I could um, talk about it on a radio show someday. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Oh,
1: but if I would have,
4: okay. If...
1: Well, if I could interject, um. Usually spirit is very clear to deliver or not deliver something that it has in conversation with you. And so I've experienced even like your mouth being sealed to even be able to deliver something you might feel in your human emotion is, important and highly emotional but you know spirit will seal that right. and say it's not for that person to hear and they would not receive it in the way that you intend if you should right. take our not take our guidance and then try to uh-huh. circumvent that you know
2: you know right. I did a reading One for a lady days. I did a reading for a lady and her husband had um, passed and I guess he was pretty abusive to her, but she wanted to know. Um, and he told her several things that were she knew, that it was him and everything. But she had it, uh-huh. she just wanted closure. She kept asking me if he right. had been a, an adulterer. And he had been. And Spirit said, that's not uh-huh. for her to know. She has to move on with her life, and that's not going to serve you her know. in any way. So I I don't know, I can't question Spirit's motive, but I know... I
4: understand. I just have never, or my mother never got that, um, you know, that from God that you're not supposed to tell. Although I was counseled on some of the things God was showing me that I wasn't supposed to tell anybody about it. From a human, you know, from my priest. That I wasn't supposed to share that. But I never got that information from God. You know, But I have gotten the information that you know, what other people do is none of my business, and that included my husband. So, so I understand
1: what you're saying. Well, Sharon, I thank you for calling in this evening and opening yeah, up to connecting on the show with Nancy and for yeah, listening in this thank evening. You. And I wish you the yeah, best of make luck, sure okay? and
4: <laughs> okay, thank yes. you.
1: Thank you. Okay. You know, I have to thank the people who allow us to be in their spiritual space. There's a listening audience as well for this show. So the callers are, you know, helping others to learn just as much as the guests are. So thank you for that. I have now Stacy on the line. Stacy, are you hearing us?
6: Yes, I am. How are you this evening? Excellent. Fine. How are you, Stacey? <laughs> yes, I do. How are you, ladies? Yes, I have a question. Um, I just would like something in general. Uh, currently, I'm starting to prepare myself to job hunt, and I want to see what advice uh, the guys are stating that I should do because I would love to uh, get my dream job. Uh, currently, I work in a call center. And um, But I'm just trying to branch back out. Um, I hired an uh, interview coach, so I'm going to continue sessions with her for maybe the next month, which I think is an excellent idea. So I just wanted to see what my guide is stating because I'm, where I'm at, I'm kind of ready to go, but I don't want to leave until I have a job that, uh, that has been, you know, that I already that I have a job. Because I can't leave one job without a job. So I just wanted to see what my guides are stating.
2: Definitely you shouldn't go until you have another job. Um, mm-hmm. And you will you will find your job. But it's just right now, it's just not a good time to just walk out. Um, oh, yeah. Do okay. So, um, <laughs> now I'm not and, leaving. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, it feels like you're going to find you know, your dream job, just the perfect the perfect job for you. And um, it's it's not going to happen. It's not going to, like, you're just not going to go find the dream job right away. You're going to step into something, and then it's going to be, continue to grow from there and and just be perfect for you.
6: Okay, because I was thinking about signing up with some temp agencies as well, which I don't have a problem with. But the thing is this, I don't want to... Uh, Get a temp assignment, and then a few months later, be out of a job. So, do you see something like a temp to perm happening for me?
2: I don't think you should work for a temp agency. Okay. All right. No, I think there's going to be something for you. Uh, Just um, you know, just be patient. And I hate that word, but that's okay. I mean, being
6: honest, I need to hear it.
2: It's, um, I, you're going to find something, but just definitely do not leave your job yet. Until okay, you, I'm not. You've had the okay. offer, and even after you've had the offer, make sure that things are moving forward.
6: Okay, so I'll just make sure, just double check. I mean, I'll just keep making sure that everything is ready, or that I'm in the right path, okay, before I actually leave this job. Yeah. Okay. okay, so you think I'm going to be here for the next few months? I hope you bought it three months.
2: You know, it looks like around three, maybe. It's okay. okay. I mean,
6: what can I do about it? <laughs> that's fine. Okay. At least I have a job, so I'm not going to complain, but I am definitely going to start
2: looking. Yeah, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, Stacey, thank you for listening in and calling in with your question this evening.
6: Uh, all right. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: What a
2: cheerful caller, huh? <laughs> I like that. I
1: know, I know. Well, I was going to say interview coach. I never thought of that before. That's an interesting piece of learning there, because I think about resume writers, but an interview coach. So, that's that's a good little aspect to make sure that you're ready to present yourself in the best way possible, not just on paper, but in personal presentation. So, I, I'm glad to hear about that. Thank you, Stacy. <laughs>
2: And also so, uh, another thing for Stacy to I'm sorry, but for Stacy to
1: Are you there again? Mm, go No, go ahead. Uh, I go. have on the next caller. But go ahead and finish with Stacy. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. Um, it's just, you know, if you, when you walk into a job, you're interviewing them too. It's not just them interviewing you. And when you walk in with confidence and you know that you have the ability to do it, they're blown away. I mean, because if yeah. you walk in and don't think you can do the job, they certainly aren't going to think that you do the job,
3: that yeah, you can that's do the right. job.
2: So it's just, you know, having that confidence and remember that, you know what, you might not want the job. So you're interviewing them and finding out everything about them, and it doesn't hurt to research the company or whatever before you go in. She's
6: right. Okay. That sounds good.
1: Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay,
0: now, Ann, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hello, Nancy.
2: Hi, Ann.
0: Hi, how are you today?
2: I'm fine, and how are you?
0: I'm doing good, thank you. I have a question. Um, I'm looking for a um, long-term love relationship, and I'm trying to meet new people and reconnect with someone, with people that I know. Do you see things will be moving in that direction and nothing will come out?
2: Oh, Anne, I'm sorry, but yes? I am just having a little bit of trouble hearing you. You're looking for a long-term relationship, but you're... Yes. Ending up with people that you know as friends or
0: i'm I'm reconnecting with people that I know and i'm I'm talking to new people, but do you think that things will be moving into that direction or in other words, will it happen or it not or it will not you know um
2: there's a book. I don't know who wrote it, but it's called Calling in the One. And I did that when after I divorced my husband, and I I I just feel like spirits mentioning this for you, but it is a really really amazing book because you write down all the qualities that you're looking for, and you have to be very specific everything that you really want, what is most important to you. I mean, somebody might think that somebody with a lot of money is the most important, but would you want to be with somebody with a lot of money that doesn't really love you or treat you right? Um, And so write down every single thing that is important to you in order of priority, and then write down everything that you're not willing to tolerate, that you're not, that you just can't handle in your life, and put it in another column. And, I I did this, and it really surprised me, because when I divorced my husband, I never wanted to see another man in my life, and then all of a sudden, I just felt like I didn't want to spend the rest of my life alone anymore, and I read this book, and I did it, and I married my husband, and um, two years ago, I found the piece of paper that I had written, and he meets all the criteria for what I wanted and none of the criteria for what I, doesn't have any of the um, traits that I didn't want. And I just, every night, I would put this piece of paper under my pillow and ask Spirit to please send me the right one. And it got to a point where I could actually feel him. And I remember one time I turned the corner and I said, I can feel you, but I don't know where you're at. Where are you? But when the time is right, synchronicity, if it's premature, it won't happen. If I would have met my husband five years ago or four years sooner, um, I wouldn't have probably been able to stand him because we were at both different places in our life. Now he's the perfect one for me. So that's just a suggestion because what the book really is pointing out to you that we all want things in other people, but what are we willing to give to? You know, we have to be willing to give the same thing that we require because everyone in a relationship looks for somebody who's going to please them and take care of them and give them what they want but we never think that they're a human being too, and we also have to provide and give them things too. And then we, then we get in a relationship, especially it seems like once you get married, we set about trying to change that person, and no one has the right to change another person. So you make it very, very clear that you know what you will, what you want and what you don't want, and don't settle for anything less because you get what you're willing to settle for. And I think Thank you. if you do this yes, question,
0: but I just wanted to ask, what is your psychic feeling because I went through my portion of disappointments already, uh, and I did have a list, but yeah, i I know about this list. Thank you so much again.:
2: I think I think if you do this and really trust you're going to find somebody, but you have to make sure that you're ready.
0: So you feel the well, time. I am the... Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, do you have any time frame how soon this will happen? Because you know, life goes on and I'm not getting any younger.
2: I realize that. It's gonna happen, you know, um as soon as you start getting ready. So if you want it to happen sooner, you need to start working on yourself first. There's a lot of disappointments, and sometimes we set up obstacles, and sometimes we push away what we need the most. And you need to make sure that your heart is right and that you enter a relationship for the right reasons, you know, um, not just so that you won't be lonely.
1: Okay, thank you. The book that I'm, uh, I found the book on Amazon, and it's Calling In The One. Seven Weeks to Attract the Love of Your Life by Catherine Woodward Thomas. And the website for that is callinginyoursoulpartner.com. So um, thank you for coming on the air to ask your question, Anne. And I'm wishing you much luck and success as you're looking for that soulmate relationship to come into your life. So um, thank you for that. <laughs> and okay she got so uh, much we...
2: to offer too.
1: Well, it's very challenging. I mean, our deepest things that we wind up having question about are love. I think that's like the number one question the psychics tend to be asked about. Is when will love what is love, you know, because we all just want so much to when we're in a place where we want relationship, we want what we want, we're ready for it, or so we feel, you know, and it's very vulnerable then to.
3: The thing
2: is, is, you have to enter into a relationship in strength, not in need and weakness, as it never works out. Mm -hmm. No. You enter in as a human being, aware of of your needs, aware of, you know, who you are and what you want and what you expect and what, you know, and then and then you're strong and you're willing to give back. You know, it's just it's, mm-hmm. any relationship is reciprocal. And sometimes we don't look at the whole picture. We just want someone to come in like a knight in shining armor and save us. And you know what? It's not going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um we do have two more callers on the line. We've got um about I'm gonna extend the show a little bit, um, so that we can go ahead and um get the last I actually two have in. to go
6: at eight. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay.
1: Well, let me go real very quickly because I did have a caller. Seven oh seven is your area code. Would you um welcome to the Psychic Inside show? Do you have a question? Very quickly for Nancy. Yes,
5: hi Nancy. Uh, hi. I see that you're a me- hi. I see that you're medical intuitive. Uh, are you picking up anything health wise around me? And the reason Am I why I'm up- asking. Go ahead. Anything, anything health wise. The reason why I'm asking is because the people around me are sick, and some of them are leaving the planet. So I just want to see if you what you see around me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no such luck. You know, you're healthy. You might have a few things that, you know, but it's nothing bad because you're not going to be leaving the planet. You um you need to stick around because you have a purpose.
5: Okay, so nothing major going on. I don't yeah, see anything so cause, major. Okay, cuz so some you know, I cough sometimes. My throat is kind of I'm aware of that, and I'm like, you know, maybe it's just allergies or something. Well,
2: if it concerns you, go check it out. But I, I'm not picking up anything, you know. I just, um, you know, um, you're not going to – I mean, nobody is perfectly healthy all the time. But I Correct. don't see anything, um, you know, malignant or anything with you. And I, and I, it feels like you have a purpose and you're going to be around because you've got to fulfill your – and you want to fulfill your purpose.
5: And yeah, and I want to be around a long time.
2: So just <laughs> do it. <laughs>
3: Okay. Well, caller,
1: thank, well, thank you, so you so much.
3: much. Okay, thank, thank you, you so much.
1: have a wonderful, healthy evening. Okay. Yay. We have one last question on the air. This is a caller, area code 334. You're on with Nancy Byrne.
6: Hey, thank you for taking my call. Hey, Nancy. Hi. Hey, my name is Shakira, and I just was wondering if you had any messages come through for me. Oh, my or I.
2: Chikiri just feels like it just feels like you're kind of um, not floundering but you' you're kind of feeling lost um, and um or kind of stagnating or something, and um it's um you know we all want things to be proceeding and happen, um and we don't like that feeling of just standing still, but sometimes it's really necessary. Um, I know that we have to go shortly, but um you know i one time I was so frustrated about I just felt like I was in this plexiglass room and I'm banging my head against the wall and I couldn't get out of it and nothing I was just standing still and it had been going on for quite a while and so I picked out the runes and I got the standing still rune and so I threw it back in the bag and I you know messed it all up and turned it around and grabbed it again and it said standing still so I emptied all the rooms out of the bag, and I put them all back in, and I shook it, and I grabbed it with my other hand, and it said, standing still. And I was so frustrated, I threw the book across the room, and it hit my bookshelf. And another book fell out, and it was Carolyn Mace's book, Sacred Contracts. And it opened up to this page, and she's talking about standing still. And there was a, she said she Had a dream that she was in this little plane One man plane And she was at the airport And she was awaiting takeoff And the voice from the tower Which she assumed was God Was telling people Giving them flight clearance And they were all taking off And she didn't And she's waiting And all the other planes had left And she said Hey, what about me? Did you forget about me? And the voice said No, if you take off now you'll crash It's not the time Mm -hmm. So Everything happens at the the right timing, and if it happens prematurely or too late, if we miss an opportunity, sometimes it won't take. so you just sometimes we have to stand still. we all have to do that
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Shakira, thank you so much for calling in this evening. We are in the last thirty seconds or so of the show. So, Nancy, thank you, Shakira. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Thank um, you, Nancy. If for people who wish to get in contact with you, do you provide private readings uh, at this time?
2: I do. I do readings for the uh, American Association of Psychics, and uh, well, I you know I just they sponsor me, I guess and they're um, mm-hmm. just i can't believe that they took me into their <laughs> you know group because um they only take um she only takes one out of every 100 that call in and and wants to read for her so um if you go to my um, webpage www.choices-nlb.com You can find everything that I do, most of the shows that I've been on, and uh, the services that I provide, and you can contact me directly, Um, although I am not probably going to be doing readings for the next um, month. And um, I'm going to take a little break. And and if you want to send me an email, it's nancy at choices-nlb.com. So, again, www.choices-nlb.com. And
1: and they can also find you on Facebook at that same choice as the book, correct?
2: Correct. Choice on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter. Um, And um, as you said, the book can be purchased at... um, through Bell Ball Press, through Barnes & Noble, or through Amazon.com, or directly through me if you want.
1: Well, I highly so, recommend um, it for people to read. I definitely enjoyed it, and I've enjoyed talking with you about your story and your lessons of your life and your wisdom this evening. I do want to bring out that you include a quote that we've all heard many times now, um, I think I first heard it during the movie *Aquila and the Bee*, and it says, you know, uh, it's basically our deepest fear is, you know, uh, that we—not that we are inadequate, that we are powerful beyond measure. Um, you know, it is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that was within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And you include that in your book, and you, you know, I definitely will say thank you for giving us a nudge down the path of self-knowledge and personal growth, which is one of the stated things that you have in your book, and for showing us you know, how to live in making choices in an empowered way with spirit as your companion in that. So thank you so much, Nancy. Did you have any parting? Thank you so much for sharing coming?
2: that on your um, on your show. I just really appreciate that you shared that uh, that verse uh, by Miriam Williamson. And I, I just, it's uh, it's really, thank you. And I really appreciate being on your show. And I just, you know, if there's just one thing that I want to leave you with, to thine own self, always be true. Always mm-hmm. be true.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And thank you well, all Nancy. for listening in.
1: Thank you so much. I will definitely be sharing the rebroadcast of this. I thank you all for joining us. This has been the Psychic Inside Show, and I wish for you all the blessings that you can possibly hold to overflowing in the next week until we gather again. Namaste.